This is the Relic Radio Show, old-time radio entertainment still standing the test of time from RelicRadio.com. Welcome back to the Relic Radio Show. Thanks for joining me once again. Got another 60 minutes of radio drama for you this week. Beginning with The Saint, we'll hear The Carnival Murder. This episode from February 4th, 1951. After that, it's A Horse for Kendall. The September 14th, 1958 episode of Frontier Gentlemen. The Adventures of the Saints, starring Vincent Price. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes transcribed to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor Vincent Price as... The Saint. Just step a little closer, if you will, my friend. You might be the start of a mighty insurgent throne. You mean me? You and none other. Slumming the night, friend? Oh, I just happen to like carnival. The gentleman says he likes carnival. And now let us all step up a little closer here while we talk about the greatest attraction on the mighty Midway. A test of strength, courage, and endurance attracting attention all over the civilized world and further. Texas. <laughs> it's a joke, friend. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Well, I am talking about that little lady inside the tent here that all your friends have told you positively not to miss. The courageous girl who lies buried alive 20 feet below the surface of the earth. Are we going in, friend, or am I wasting my time? I'm still on the fence. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have heard her name, you have read about her in the papers, and now you are going to see... Mona, the buried alive girl who has lain in her grave on these premises for 222 hours, 36 minutes, and 21 seconds. And is now attempting to break the world record of 244 hours. Ooh, how strenuous. Inside the tent, you will see her, talk to her, ask her any questions that happen to be on your mind. Tell me more. My friend, I don't request that you buy a ticket for this great attraction. I just ask that you put this question to yourself. Yes? Would I have the courage... To change places with Mona, the buried alive girl? No. I thank you for your kind attention, and the box office is now open. Oh. Uh, one, please. One, he says. Oh, the... hmm. Some days it don't pay to get buried alive. Hey, uh, son, the entrance is right in front of you. My change? You cho- oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the change. That's right. It's a <laughs> mere oversight, sir, I assure you. <laughs> hey, you are right straight ahead. Oh, thank you, thank you. To communicate with Mona, talk down, too. 
Well, all right, I talk. Mona. Frankie, you got to get me out of here. I'm going crazy down here. I'm scared. Mona, this is I've been thinking, Frankie. I've been thinking all day what Angie said just before she... I don't want to end up like Angie, Frank. I don't. And I will if you don't get me out of here. I know I will. I don't want to die, Frankie. Get me up. Mona, this isn't Frankie. This is Simon Templer. Can I help you? Oh, you're not... Not Frankie? No, but I'll help you if you'll tell me what you're afraid of. Mona? I am in very good health and am enjoying no physical discomfort whatsoever. I am looking forward eagerly toward breaking the world's record for being buried alive. 244 hours. Pictures of me are available at the box office at nominal cost. Mona, what are you afraid of? I am in very good health and am enjoying no physical discomfort whatsoever. I am looking forward eagerly to... I know, I know, I heard. Hi. What are you doing here? Who are you? I'm Simon Templer, a customer. Who are you? Customer? Oh, uh, excuse me. I, I thought... Uh, excuse me. Oh, say, aren't you the strong man? I saw your act a few minutes ago. Segundo, huh? Pretty good. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Uh, Tell me, Segundo, what about Mona? Who was Angie? Angie? Excuse me, I gotta go, Hey, hey, wait a minute. I think you got two for the price of one, eh, friend? Mona and the strongman Segundo. I caught his act before. Quite a large hunk of muscle. I wouldn't like him to step down on my foot. Yeah, the guy is built like a Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> Only trouble is uh, his motor don't run so good. Oh, a few <laughs> chips light in the head. Huh? A whole stack. Well, did you enjoy your chat with Mona? Tell me, who was Angie? Angie, oh, yeah, that... Angie, that's a real sweetheart. That was Mona's sister. Angie used to do the buried alive act before she died. Oh, a real doll. Was it an accident? Accident? No, no. It was a weak heart. That Angie, oh, she was all heart. Oh, we miss her. How'd you know about her? Tell me about Mona. Why? I might like to help her, that's all. Hey, look, my friend, nobody in this county needs no help from you. We take care of each other. We always have and we always will. Nobody on the outside cares nothing about us, and we don't care nothing about them. Now, beat it. Who's the owner of this carnival? Be St. Clair, and a trail is right down the midway, and she'll tell you the same thing I did. I'm hard to discourage. Friend, there's nobody here needs no help. Friend, you forget that I've heard your jokes. See you later. Miss St. Clair? Right. Who are you? I'm a customer of your carnival. Well, come in, customer. Sit down. Oh. Thank you, thank you. I wanted to ask a few questions, if you don't mind. <laughs> Where's your question license? My name is Simon Templer, also known as the Saint. See, I'll form my own opinion. <laughs> what do you want to know? I'm interested in Angie. Angie? Mm hmm. They never come any better. Every hundred years or so, you meet somebody nice in this lousetrap circuit. And Angie was one of them. Now she's gone and the crumbs remain. Anything peculiar about the way she died? Sudden, that's all. Heart. Why? And her sister Mona took her place. Yep. Mona's a good kid, but a kid. Any chance of her being brought up from the living grave soon? Why? I got the impression she didn't like it down there. No, you did. You know something? I don't like running this flea circus of a carnival either. Some mornings I don't even like living. But I don't come running to you about it, Mr. Templer. You won't bring her up, then? Huh? No. 
I got nothing to say about it anyway. It's up to her husband, Frankie Fowler. You catch his act? Frankie, the tattooed boy? I'm afraid I'm not an art lover. Well, he's no Mona Lisa, Jack. Any more questions? Would I get any more answers? No. But when a woman says no, that's not always what she means. Jack, that's an entirely different type of question. Hello. Anybody here? Yeah? Frankie, I'd uh, like to talk to you. Who are you? My name is Simon Templer, Frankie. What do you want? Well, I've always been interested in tattoos. I, I think they're fascinating. Oh? Mm, almost as fascinating as the people who do them. Oh, a fan. Come in, come in. Thank you, thank you. You know, the, uh, the Connie's closed for the night, but I'm always glad to oblige a customer. Well, I'm not exactly a customer. I'm a friend of Mona's. Mona's got no friend, Simon Templer. Well, let's say a speaking acquaintance. Did you know Angie, Frankie? No one. Angie was my wife. Wonderful girl. Almost killed me when she passed away. Omaha. She's buried there? I couldn't leave her behind. Not with strangers. Call me sentimental if you want to, but that's the way I felt. You see that urn over there on the table? Now Angie's with me always. I, uh, I see. They say us carny people got no heart. Hey, you like to see some real artistic work in tattoo, Mr. Temple? Oh, maybe some other time, Frank. Look at that. Look at that. Here. Monitor in a Merrimack. Civil War. Authentic, 100%. Mm. Eh, they don't do work like that anymore. Frankie, I, uh... Everything I got on me is art. Art! I seen a guy the other day ask him what he had on. He said, surrealism. Surrealism. I told him right out. I said, the guy that tattooed that on you ain't American. That's what I told him, and I'll stand by it. <laughs> surrealism. Frankie, I've been talking to Mona. What about? She's buried too far under the earth, Frankie. She wants to come up. Well, she does, does she? She say anything else, did she? I just got the impression she was frightened down there. Well, let her be. Let her stay there. She's getting just like Angie. Oh? Angie was frightened? Well, no, no, that's not what I meant. Angie, Angie was the greatest. It's just that they're sisters, see? What's this to you? Nothing, except I think it might be better if you brought Mona up. Oh, you do. You do. Segundo! Oh, thank you. Come in here. Now you see what happens to guys who get nosy. Afraid to do your own strong arm work, eh, Frankie? Why, you... Here I am. Look, Segundo, this guy came in here saying bad things about Angie. About Angie? Yeah. You shouldn't have said that, mister. Not about Angie. I don't like nobody to say bad things about Angie. I'm trying to help her, Segundo. And Mona. Don't listen to him, Segundo. Get him. I don't trust... Strength. Hit him again, Segundo. Throw him out. Yeah. You shouldn't have said bad things about Angie. Hey! Hey! Hey, wake up, mister! Wake up! You hurt? Hey, carnival's closed for the night, friend. Why don't you go home and sleep? Oh, wait till I find my head. What happened? Well... Uh, let's say too much cotton candy and circus peanuts, huh? Drink help you out? 
Ooh, immeasurably. Lead the way. Yeah. Don't mind drinking with a dwarf, do you? Uh-huh. Why should I? Well, some people do. Uh-huh. Oh, my name's Carlos. Oh, hello. I'm Simon Temper. Yeah. Oh, right in here. Oh. My home. Uh, one of the wagons. Oh, don't, don't bump your head. Oh, I'll watch it. Here. Pour this down. Oh, thank you, my friend. Why, oh, I needed that. <laughs> I have to go, or can you stay and talk a while? Oh, I'd like to stay if I may, Carla. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I very seldom get the chance to talk, Mr. Templer. Why is that? Yeah, and a dwarf's rather a lonely occupation. Not freak enough to make much money in the carnival, and too much of a freak to be accepted out of it. Oh, I... <laughs> Sorry to... Burden you with my troubles. Everyone's troubles are everyone else's, Carla. Well, thank you. <laughs> Want to tell me about yours? Well, I had a, a call for help tonight from 20 feet under the ground. And I, I just don't know what to do about it. Mona? Yeah. She said she was afraid she would end up like Angie. She wanted to come up. Did you uh, tell anyone else about this? Not directly, No. Frankie refused to let her come up. I have another drink. Oh. Yeah. Mona never talked like this before. She was never scared, not like Angie. Mona's got guts. It worries me. Go here. Oh, thanks. What about the man who was married to both of them? Frankie. Simon, if you were born a freak like I was, you had no choice and you can be philosophical. But if you make yourself a freak like Frankie did, you gotta hate yourself and everybody else as long as you live. And yet two women married. Don't him. rub it in. I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have jumped you. I'm not always as philosophical as I try to be. I can't help thinking of Mona, buried alive, afraid. Afraid of what? And she mentioned that Angie said something to her just before she died. What? She didn't say. Tell me, uh, how far are we from where Mona is? Just across the midway. You want to go over there? I'd feel better. And so would I. Let's go. What about B. St. Clair, Carlos? Uh, can you figure her out? Well, not quite, because I don't think B. can figure herself out. She hasn't had much fun either. I hope she gets some. Uh, this is Mona's tent, isn't it? Anybody around? Mm, mm, not a soul. Let's go in. Morning. Morning. Oh, she must be asleep. Well, let me try. Mona. Can you hear me? Mona. She's not asleep. There's something wrong. Mona. Mona, it's Carlos. Mona. What was it she said? You might wind up like Angie. Mona! Carlos, go get every man you can and every shovel and then get a doctor and an ambulance. Yeah. He wanted you to break the record. Well, maybe she will. Maybe she will. Like Angie. That's it. Keep going. Don't stop. Get out of the way. 
Okay, okay. Are they almost down to her, B? Well, I think so. It's only about eight feet. We advertise 20, but eight is enough. What do you think happened, Carlos? I don't know. What happened to Angie? A heart attack, you know that. Do I? She just fainted, maybe. Maybe this is all about nothing. I doubt it, Frankie. So do you. What do you have to come nosing in for, Templar? B and I don't need you. We can get along. B the... and you? All of us, that's what I mean. You mean you'd rather have left her down there? I'm not taking this from you. I'd... Frankie! Frankie! Oh, come on. Come on, you guys. Grab it. Grab it. Come on. Come on. Ah, there, there now. Give me a hand with the lid. You better come over here, Doctor. Right, Mr. Templer. Ah, there. What is it, Doc? Is she is she Well, she's still breathing, but that's about all. Any symptoms? If I had to make a guess, symptoms of poisoning. Get her over to the ambulance. Hurry, come on. Mr. Templer. Mr. Templer, I'm sorry I didn't get her up sooner. I should have made it plainer, but I didn't know who to trust. Do you now? Just who not to trust. And who's that? Everyone. How is she this morning, Doctor? Oh, she's a sick girl, but she'll live. We got her in time. Oh, I'm glad. What caused it? Poison of some kind, definitely. I'm waiting for a lab report. Uh, may I see her? Yes, go ahead, Mr. Templer. She's rational now. Kept asking Angie to forgive her before... Forgive her for what? Well, she didn't say. They usually don't. Don't stay too long. Oh, all right, Doc. Good morning, Mona. Who are you? Simon Templer, I... Spoke to you down the tube yesterday. You thought at first I was Frankie. I don't remember. Don't you? You said you were afraid you might end up like Angie. She said something to you before she died, Mona. What was it? I don't remember. She didn't say anything. You uh, know what happened to you last night, Mona? No. There was poison in your food that was lowered through the tube. Got any idea who did it? Poison? I don't believe it. Well... Police will find out. I don't want the police. I, I, I did it. I, I took it myself. What kind? Well, I, I don't remember, but I took it. Why did you want Angie to forgive you, Mona? Who told you that? I mean, you're making that up. I'm trying to help you, Mona. I don't need help. I want Frankie. I want him back. I, I right, want Mona. him back. All right, Come in. How are you, B? How's Mona, Simon? Better, Carlos. I was at the hospital all day. Had to wait for the lab reports on the poison. Who did it? Oh, it could have been put there by anyone. To the police now? Not yet. Mona claims she took it herself. She's obviously protecting someone or is afraid of someone. But who? B, you don't have to answer unless you want to. What, Simon? Has there been anything between you and Frankie? Well, everybody gets lonely. <laughs> Are you still lonely? Jack, I got no ambition to travel around the country in an urn. That answer it? That's good enough. If I can wind this thing up tonight, will the two of you help me? You especially, Carlos. Anything I can, Simon. All right. You're not closing the carnival down tonight, B. We'll stay open if you say so. Well, it might make it easier. Carlos, you go to Frankie's trailer while he's doing his show and take the urn. Would you mind doing that? I'll do it. Good. 
Put it in a safe place, doesn't matter where, and come back to the trailer. All three of us will wait for Frankie to come back after his show. What happens then? I don't know for sure, but I have a theory. Hope it's right. The question. What happens if it's not right? B, that's an entirely different type of question. Why do we have to wait in the dark for Frankie? It's creepy in here. He might not come in if he saw the lights, Do You mind, Carlos? Not a bit. The dark is a friend of mine. Oh, I'm getting jumpy. You can leave if you want to. I might be able to handle what I have to do alone. Oh, I'll stick. Give me a chance to gripe, will you? <laughs> How about you, Carlos? Oh, I'm enjoying it, Mr. Templer. Gives me a chance to feel important. I don't get many chances like that. Gee, Frankie's late. He should have been here by now. Well, maybe business was good tonight. It usually is. Oh, say, B, I uh, don't want to be personal, but running a carnival, is it uh, lucrative? Jack, I don't want to brag, but I am loaded. Oh, how nice for you. My last year alone, I... Someone come. Good evening, Frankie. Templar. What is this, B? I couldn't keep away, Frankie, but I brought my chaperone. Well, get him out of here. Some chaperones. A saint and a dwarf. I didn't choose to be a freak, Frankie. That's the difference. What's going on? Look around, Frankie. Anything missing? What do you mean? The urn. Where is it? What'd you do with it? We took it. You took it? Segundo, come in here. I don't think you'll need Segundo this time. No? Sit down, Frankie. If you don't like that seat, I can get you a hotter one. You think you know something? I'm nosy, Frankie. Very nosy, as you pointed out. This guy Templar again, Segundo. He's been saying bad things and doing bad things. He took Angie's urn. Easy, Segundo. You'll want to hear this, too. Yeah, what? Don't wait, Segundo. He's just stalling. Go get it. You took the urn. Segundo, sit down. No. Segundo, wait in here. Wait in here. Okay, Carlos, I trust you. Good. It's about Angie, Segundo. This morning and last night, Mona was calling out for Angie to forgive her. For what? Because she'd been going around with you, Frankie, while you were married to her older sister. I loved Angie. And how long after she died did you marry Mona? Six weeks. I couldn't help it if the kid was crazy about me. But you couldn't help it when you killed Angie with poison. Who says I did? Where's the evidence? You thought there wasn't any. It was almost a smart job, Frankie, but you couldn't pull anything all the way smart. It was only half smart. And that can be fatal. If you think I'm going to stand here and listen to this You'll stuff, stand you... and you'll listen. Murderers hardly ever change tactics, Frankie. The poison showed up in Mona's stomach. We couldn't prove that on you, but there are certain poisons that can be traced even after cremation. The kind you used is one. Now, do you begin to get the point? It's not true. You can't trace it, can you, Carlos? Yes, you can. I should have remembered. I should have had that urn analyzed long ago. Now, wait a minute. You're guessing at this. Are we? Where's the urn? You're guessing at a motive. I didn't kill Angie. Then why would I want to kill Mona? Bigger stake. You were after B. She was uh, loaded. It's all a lie. I, I, I mean, B and I... Segundo, stay away from me. Put that gun away, Frankie. No. I'll use it if you don't stay back, Segundo. Frankie... You killed Angie. I tell you, nobody killed her. She, she had a weak heart. That was it, a weak heart. Segundo, listen to me. You killed Angie. Stay back. Stay back. He's going to shoot, Segundo. She never done no harm. 
She would so Stay so back, I'm warning you. Loved you and you give a poison. Don't come no closer, I mean it. Stay back. She laughed sometime, and she did like a little girl. Keep away from me, you big creep. Why, well, you couldn't let her live. You crazy creep, why don't you drop? You ain't human. Keep your hands off of me. Yeah, I'm let go. No, no, let go. No. Let go. It's me. Carlos, let him go. Let him go. Shut up, Carlos. Shut up. Secundo, are you hurt? Oh. Bad? No. No. Oh, I think one was a clean miss. The other two got him in the shoulder. And he'll live. Here, let me help you up, Segundo. Come on, now. Sit down, sit down. B, get a doctor. All right, all right. Quite a man, this Segundo. Not so strong upstairs. But in the heart, plenty. Yeah, he almost killed Frankie. I'm almost sorry he didn't. Frankie doesn't deserve to live. Someone else will decide that, Carlos. What Segundo did? I wish I could have done it, Saint. In my hands. I wish I could have done it. Carlos. I never told anybody, Saint. I never told her. She never guessed. But I loved Angie, too. Heaven help me. I loved her, too. <laughs> If you will, my friend. You mean me? I mean you. Uh, do you care to see the fat lady, friend? Weight 9,324 ounces. <laughs> well, that's better. How are you, Mr. Templer? <laughs> I'm fine. Tell me, uh, how's Mona? Oh, she's all right. It's a funny thing, Mr. Templer. I, I think Angie must have told her when she was dying that she suspected Frankie. But Mona could never bring herself to believe it. She still can't. But I guess she will. See, uh, going in to see the fat lady, Mr. Templer? You talked me right into it. Here's the five. Thank you, and the interest is straight ahead, friend. Uh, my change? <laughs> Here's your five back. The Simon Templer, everything is always on the house. On the house? Yeah. Well, thanks. Hey, you'd make a wonderful bartender. Oh, well, Mr. Templer, that wouldn't be refined. Oh, just a lovely dream, a wild, lovely dream. You have been listening to another transcribed adventure of The Saint, the Robin Hood of modern crime. And now here is our star, Vincent Price. Ladies and gentlemen, your life is your own. It's yours to guard when danger is near. And danger is never absent from the highways of America, where some 30,000 persons are killed every year. Only you can take the responsibility for averting the most tragic of all traffic accidents, the accident that happens to you. You can take that responsibility by recognizing the dangers of the road and by obeying the laws that have been made to protect your life. In almost every single motor accident reported by the National Safety Council, there was at least one violation of traffic regulations. The most common violation was speed. Speed too great for safety. Speed to save a few seconds. Speed that spelled out death and tragedy on the road. And, as always, the National Safety Council, 
warns about driving after drinking. It's not an empty warning because fully one quarter of all fatal accidents involve drivers or pedestrians who have been drinking. This is a fact. So when you drive, remember that an accident can happen to you. Learn and obey the traffic laws and don't take the little chances that so frequently result in a smash-up. The care you take may save a life, and that life may be your own. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at this same time for another exciting adventure of the saint. Good night. This adventure of the saint was written by Dick Powell. In our cast, you heard Mary Shipp as Mona and Sheldon Leonard as the Barker. Bob Jellison was Carlos, Ed Max Segundo. Henny Bacchus played B, Harry Bartell was Frankie, Harry Brown was the doctor. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, is a James L. Sassier production and is directed by Helen Mack. Vincent Price is soon to be seen co-starring in RKO's production of His Kind of Woman. All you Saint fans will be glad to know that the Saint comic books are on sale at all newsstands. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Today, Theater Guild on the Air presents the dramatic story, Come Back, Little Sheba, starring Gary Cooper and Shirley Booth. Sunday also means another 90 wonderful minutes with the big show. And among this Sunday's stars are Jimmy Durante, Fred Allen, Judy Holliday, and many, many more. And, of course, Tallulah will be the MC. And for a sparkling article about the glamorous Tallulah, see the latest issue of Look Magazine, now on sale. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. In Deadwood, I learned that a man will risk anything on what he considers to be a good gamble. Frontier Gentlemen. an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual stories. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. In just a moment, we will bring you this latest report from the Frontier Gentleman. Nobody's a stick in the mud where CBS News is concerned. On features like The World Tonight, listeners go right along to wherever the news is happening. Here I witness reports from CBS News overseas correspondents. Enjoy lively interviews with the very people who are making the news night after night as most of these same CBS radio stations present The World Tonight. Now starring John Daner, this is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman. In my wanderings, I have found that a horse is an indispensable method of transportation. It is true that a great deal of my traveling has been accomplished through the use of riverboat, train, and stagecoach. 
But these conveyances traverse only a minute portion of the tremendous area which makes up the states and territories of the American West. Therefore, in order that I might not be so completely dependent upon the relative convenience of public transport, I decided to purchase an animal. I learned that there were only two horse dealers of any consequence in Deadwood. My informant was a gentleman named Squatty Reynolds. We had recently met over a beer on Dolan's Good Luck Saloon. He put it this way. Now, uh, I reckon you want a real Sunday horse, Kendall, not one of them cut-back flea-bitten whistlers. Uh, definitely a Sunday horse. Well, like I say, there's two horse traders in this here town. One's Fitch Tallman, the other Wohaw Simmons. They's both got plenty of critters they'll sell you. Of course, I ain't saying one got better than t'other, but if it was me, I'd go down to Wohaw's. Simmons? Yeah. He ain't likely to thieve you blind as Fitch Tallman would. You being a tenderfoot and all. Oh, that's nice to know. Ain't nothing. Where would I be likely to find Mr. Simmons? It ain't but a shorter straddle down the road. Yeah, I ain't got nothing better to do. I'll amble on over with you. Might be I can help you find yourself a toffee. Oh, I'd be most grateful to you. Want to buy yourself a horse, mister? That's right. Well, you've come to the right place. That's what I told him, Oha. And he told me the truth, Squatty. <clears throat> Fact, uh, what kind of animal you reckon will fit? Well, there's a decent-looking horse. What, the roan? Oh, no, 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 not less than you plan to do some day herding. He's a churnhead. Kind of bow-windy, too. No, 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 not him. Now, <clears throat> I got me a real sweet little dun over here. He ain't sizable. Not much over 14 two hands, but he's a long horse, if that's what you're wanting. Long? Uh, he'll go, mister, and he'll keep going till you say stop. And you got to say it good and loud. Yeah. That's a new one, ain't he, Woo-ha? Don't recollect seeing him around. Yeah, come in yesterday. Fella sold him cheap to pay poker loss. That, mister, is a lot of horse. Hmm. They're rather broad in the beam, wouldn't you say? You mean the big bottom? Oh, sure. That's the nature of him. You take my word, mister, that's one long horse. I had him out this morning. He's got a fast walk and an easy lope. He'll get you where you're going. Won't give out like a lot of these fancy pudding foots Tallman try to sell you. How much, Wohaw? You talking for the man here or for yourself, Squatty? Maybe I got a hankering. Fifty dollars. Uh, well, I'm afraid that's a little high for me. What's your offer? I wouldn't give you twenty, I'll tell you straight, Wohaw. I ain't asking you, Squatty. Listen, mister, maybe you'd better go on over and have a look-see at what Fitch Tallman's got. Now you shut your mouth, Squatty, or I'll stomp your head in. Trouble is, you don't know a good piece of horse flesh from a hog. This here critter's worth better than fifty. And how come if he's so good you want to sell him? I'm in the horse trade business. Not no hotel for Bronx, that's how come. <clears throat> now, mister, I tell you what. You give me $40 for this here horse, and if you ain't satisfied after a week, you bring him back and get your money back. Well, Then you come in looking for a horse, and I tell you, he's the best I got. Oh, whoa, you sure do want to get rid of him. What's the matter, you got a case of worms? Mister, you don't want no cayuse dropping dead under you. I'm a-warning you, Squatty. Gentlemen, if you'd give me a minute or two to make up my own mind, I'd appreciate it. Sure you would. You just do that. Easy, easy, boy. Yeah, man's a fool to sell a fine animal to life for $40. Man's a bigger fool to buy it. All right, $40 on condition of the week's trial. You got a deal, mister. Put her there. I sure do hate to see a greener get cheated. You say I cheated him, Squatty? Well, you ain't gonna lose money on the deal, that's for sure. 45 40 Mr. Simmons. You keep a hold on that money, mister. 
Ain't nobody going to say that Woe Hoss Simmons cheated a man in a horse deal. I'm not saying it. He is, which settles the question, since I'm satisfied with our agreement. I apologize to you, mister. I surely do. Oh, no need to. Should have gone to Fitch Tallman. Fitch Tallman, that low-down, no-good... Yeah, I heard you talking about my pappy, Woha. You better bite down on that tongue of yours, and me and Pap will rip it out on you. I'm a middling old man, Bill Tallman, but I ain't so old that I can't take care of you and your part, too. Now, you get out. If you'll excuse me, gentlemen, I'll take my horse and be going. You bought a horse for Miss Old Scissor, Bill? You bought that horse? Yes, I bought it. Yes, and you ain't seen the day that a horse like this was in your stable, Tallman. Oh, you're darn right, Woha, unless we're going to use it for bear hunting bait. Oh, yeah? You uh, want to make a little bet, you fellers? What kind of a bet? That there dun's got more guts and go than anything in Deadwood. You loco, Woha. That ain't no bet. That's an old man with a saddle slipping. <laughs> You're afraid to bet, sure. Uh, no, you Tallman's a lot of windy gab, sure. Now, yeah, sure. hold on, Woha. You saying this hunk of crow bait what this here poor fella just bought off of you is a better horse than any horse in Deadwood? Any horse? That's what I'm a saying. And you want to put money on it? That's what a bet's fur, ain't it? No, just You want to bet against Lobo? Oh, if he's going to do that, I'd like a piece of that bet myself. I said any horse in Deadwood. How much? Don't matter to me. Big or as little as you want. All right. You stay right there, Woha. I'm going to get Pap. I'll be right back. Now, just one Whoa. moment. Whoa. You banded one herd of sheep too many. Well, even that frog-walking bronco mine can beat the tar out of this puny critter. I said any horse, Squatty. Uh, you are going to race my horse? That's what I'm aiming to do. Well, you got yourself another bet, Woha. I sure hope you got enough money, because you're going to be betting against everybody in Deadwood. I'm going out to raise me a stake. Ain't no backing out now, and you're a witness, Kendall. So long. The voice is familiar, but can you remember the name? That's the problem confronting our star-studded panel of experts each Sunday as most of these same stations present Says Who. Says Who is CBS Radio's fast-moving guessing game with Henry Morgan as host. Add the rapid-fire repartee of Morgan and his panel to the excitement of guessing the identity of the mystery voice, and you've got at least two barrels of fun rolling tonight. And every Sunday night on CBS Radio's Says Who. In Woha Simmons' saddle room, I began to understand why the old man had been goaded into making his bet. At that point, neither of us had any idea of the magnitude of what he had done. He went into great detail concerning the rivalry between his stable and that of Fitch Tallman. The fact that Tallman, without a doubt, possessed the fastest horse in the area. I was sympathetic, but I said, I don't exactly blame you, but I can't see the point in even holding the race. Well, there's one thing can make it easier for you, Kendall. Shout me back the animal. And you'll race him yourself? Yeah, I figure. <laughs> but you know he can't win. I never said that. But you did. For sure he can't win no short horse race. He ain't that kind. But nobody said nothing about a short race. Now listen, Kendall. I've been around horses since I can remember. That animal of yours, he's hard like rocks. The cowhand that sold him to me, he told me that that horse can go 30 miles in a day and never be winded. There's that kind of racing, too. That's what I got in mind. 30 miles? Nearer 300. Deadwood to Cheyenne. Go on. That little dun, he, he won't be fast. But I reckon he can walk the legs off of anything that tries to go against him. You really think he's that good, huh? Well, I opened my mouth wide enough he'd better be. It'll cost me all I got if he ain't. I suppose they won't agree to a race of that distance. Oh, I ain't worried about that. 
It's what happens if I lose that's got me scared. Why not make a small bet? You can afford that, can't you? Ain't you got ears, Kendall? I told Bill Tallman I'd bet little or big. Didn't make no difference. Old man Tallman hears that, he's going to make it big. He's been looking for a way to put me out of business for a long time. And this would do it. Hmm. How long would it take from here to Cheyenne? Well, a man knows the right road. Shortcuts, four or five days. And 60-odd miles a day. That's hard riding. Could a horse stand it? Well, if he's ridden right, takes it easy. Figure five miles an hour, 12 hours a day. Plenty of rest in between, and he can make it. Got to go slow, though. All right, we'll do it. You weren't around him? <laughs> Why not? He is my horse. Oh, where are you? We win, Kendall. I'll split winnings with you. A deal? A deal. Ain't no use hiding, you old son of a horse thief. Who you call a horse thief, you sheep-killing dog? I ain't no one calls a tallman that. Let's hang up his hide, Pat. When we get through with him, he won't have no hide left to hang up. He's gonna lose it betting. Yeah, this time that leaky mouth of yours has got you right where I want you, woe horse Simmons. How much you betting on this here race? You name it. Your stable again mine, and every critter to go with it. Thousand dollars to the winner. I want some of them winnings, Fitch. That all right with you if Squatty Reynolds enters his horse? Don't matter to me none. I'll bet five hundred. Five. Five for me, too. Who are you? Honker Tom Tallman. He's a cousin. I got me a sorrel can whoop any horse in these parts. Not Lobo, he can't. I'm willing to make side bet with you, Uncle Fitch. Now, ain't no side bets in this here race. You bet again, whoa, not your own kin. Uh, just a moment. What about the rules of the race? Oh, you the poor maylord a cowboy bought that buzzard bait? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> ain't nothing worse than stringing a greener, but I guess you all got to learn someday. You set the rules, mister. Make no difference to us. Good. The race starts here, in Deadwood. Ends in Cheyenne. Cheyenne? Man, that's a heap of racing. Now, today's Thursday. We got two days to get ready. The race will start Saturday morning, 6 o'clock. Got to be in Cheyenne no later than next Thursday. Uh, make that Wednesday midnight. Right, fair enough. Wednesday midnight. Four days, 9, 10, 11, 12... Four days, 18 hours. Anybody comes in after that, loses. Well, suppose we all come in after that. Then all bets are off. Nobody wins. Now, uh, ain't no horse can make a run like that without proper feed and the like. Every rider can have somebody along to help. Helper drives a buckboard carrying feed, bedding, and chucks. A man can take any route he pleases between here and Cheyenne? Any he wants. Finish line's at the railroad depot. You gotta get somebody to ride ahead to Cheyenne to be there at the finish. Then tell the mayor he'll go. Yeah. Who's riding your nag, Woha? I am. Kendall is the name. <laughs> now, which you figure's gonna drop dead first, the dude or his horse? <laughs> Might as well pay up right now, Woha. <laughs> hey, who's riding your horse, Tommen? My son is who? That's right, Pap. Now, I'll go along with the buckboard. Uncle Fitch, you reckon you can find me a helper? Oh, well, sure, Hunker. We'll fix you up. Well, boys, I'm going out to make me a couple of side bets. This ought to be the easiest money I ever did make. You're absolutely yeah. right, boy. The fastest runner in town can't hope to keep up with the Mitch Miller Show because every Sunday night, when it comes your way on most of these same stations, the Mitch Miller Show covers that part of the entertainment world that stretches from the bright lights of Broadway to the Klieg lights of Hollywood. For another all-out, all-star variety edition of the Mitch Miller Show tonight, join us right here at the Star's Address when Mitch puts out the welcome ad again. 
By Friday midnight, almost $80,000 had been bet in Deadwood on the outcome of the race. Gamblers were giving short odds on Fitch Tolman's horse Lobo, slightly longer on Squatty Reynolds' Blue Nose, six to one on Cousin Tom Tolman's Sorrel Jimmy Go, and, well, the odds on my horse were astronomical. An hour before the start of the race, Wohaw Simmons went over our plans. The little dun horse stood quietly by my side. Now, remember, rain or shine, these mules of mine pulling the buckboard, they're going to do a steady five miles every hour. Don't you fret if it takes a little while to come up with me. I want time to scout ahead. There's been some rain south of ways, and maybe I can find better trails for you to ride. Good. Now, remember, don't matter what the others do, keep him at a walk. Oh, once in a while, let him lope, but easy. Say, ain't you got a name for the animal? As a matter of fact, no. What did his last owner call him? <laughs> Dog, if I know. Well, I had a horse once in India. His name was Kyber. How would that do? Well, don't mean much, but it's your horse. Now, I figure you'll race until about noon. That ought to put you still a few miles this side of Wyoming Territory. I'll set up camp on the road. Take an hour to rest up, rub down the horse, give him some good feed, and get some grub for yourself. It seemed as though the entire town of Deadwood was at the starting line to see us off. Then came the starting gun, and the race was begun. The Tormans Bill and Honker Tom were off in a great swirl of dust. Squatty Reynolds took off at an easier pace, but was soon out of my sight. According to our plan, I walked Kyber for the first three or four miles, then let him go into an easy lope. I stopped a few times, once to adjust the cinch and again to remove a pebble which had lodged in the pony's shoe, luckily causing no damage. A few minutes before noon, I saw Wohaw Simmons with his buckboard drawn up at the side of the road. How's he coming? Oh, fine. You've caught a horse. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I told you. All right, let's get that saddle off of him. All right. Yeah, hold still, boy, now. Hold still, don't you? Any sign of the others? Well, Waddy Reynolds went through about half hour back. Others got a pretty good start, but that don't mean nothing. They ain't going to do better than 60 miles today. Not without killing their horses, they ain't. Where do you plan to camp tonight? Well, it kind of depends on how the animal holds up. I figure we ought to make Jenny's stockade uh, well, good enough for the first day. How far is that? Well, you've done about 24, 25 miles since the start. Reckon some 30 and a bit to go. When did he take his last water? Now, there's a creek a mile or two further back. Well, you didn't give him too much. Oh, no, no. Well, that's good. All right, I'll get his oats off on the board. You better get the blanket over him. Don't want him catching cold. An hour and a half later, I was once more on my way. At one point in the late afternoon, I passed Squatty Reynolds at the Canyon Springs Station. We were traveling on the main route of the Cheyenne and Black Hill stage line. However, an hour later... He overtook me at the gallop. That night, Wohaw and I camped at Jenny's Stockade. Our first day's journey done. Nearly 60 miles from Deadwood. I tell you, Kendall, we got to keep our eyes skinned, and that's for a fact. Them other boys ain't more than two or three miles ahead from where I last seen them. Now, they start figuring you for a winner. They won't let it go easy. What do you mean? Well, I mean, there's a lot of money bet on this race, aside from what Fitch Tallman and me has a personal bet. Tallman's got a big feast coming if he wins. He aims to win. No telling what he'll try to keep us from winning. I see. And I'm just telling you, keep your eyes skinned. 
You better get some shut-eye now, and I'll watch. I want to get a start before dawn. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday night. Although I had maintained Kyber's steady, slow pace, there was no more than five miles separating the four of us. We had ridden over 200 miles now, and to this point my horse had shown little effect. On the other hand, I had once again passed Squatty Reynolds on his big roan blue nose. He seemed to be limping quite badly. I had not yet caught up with Wohaw's buckboard and the evening camp which we had planned for Chugwater. I stopped to cross a stream, when from the gathering shadows I saw two horsemen approach. I made out the sorrel Jimmy Go and Billy Tolman's jet-black Lobo. How's it going, Kendall? Very well, thank you. And with you? All right. Honky Tom and me, uh, we figured you was close behind. We waited for you. Yeah, we surely did. We wanted to have talk with you before you made camp with old Warhol. Oh, right along with me. We can camp together. Well, what we got to say ain't for Warhol's ears, see? No. Well, you don't need to bother about the old man. My pap, he'll make it worthwhile if you take it real easy and don't try no more to win this here race. Of course, you ain't going to know how, because that Lobo of Bill's, he's got enough left to run that critter of yours clean under the ground. So there's no sense you trying, is it? We figured it'd be worth $500 if you quit about now. Uh, very generous of you, gentlemen, but I must decline your offer. I stand to earn quite a bit more by winning. But you ain't got a chance. Yeah, well, we'll just have to try. That's all. Uh, you wouldn't want no accident to happen to that runty nag of yours, would you? I most certainly wouldn't. Well, I sure hope it does. Come on, Honker. Sure hope that horse don't break its leg or nothing. The next morning, we managed to steal a march on the Tallmans, passing them as they were breaking camp. Wohaw rode along with me for a way in the buckboard. This is the big one today, Kendall. Don't change the pace. Don't rush him. I won't. It's Lobo you gotta watch. He's always got something left in the short race, and I'm figuring he'll have it for this one. What about Jimmy Go and Blue Nose? Oh, Squatty's through. Jimmy Go won't last. It's that Lobo I'm worried about. You got to save everything for that last mile. I'm going on ahead. Just keep your eyeballs oiled for funny stuff. Right. We kept plodding on. An hour later, Bill Tallman rode up. He was alone and threw me an angry glance as he passed. I thought his horse was beginning to tire, and so I increased Kyber's pace to a trot. The miles rolled under us. We rested, went on, rested again, and now it was evening. I began to see riders on the road. Some had come out from Cheyenne to bring us in. One called out to me. That other fellow's not far than a mile ahead. Big black gelding. Ain't in good shape. You go get him, boy. At 11 o'clock, I caught up with Wohaw again. He was riding at six miles, waving at me frantically. Cheyenne's right ahead. Three miles to the depot. Where's Tolman? Last I seen, maybe half a mile or less. Pitch is with him. Watch out for dirty business when they try to pass. But wait, wait until the last quarter before you do it. Just keep pushing him. Get him in the last quarter. Right. We were at the outskirts of Cheyenne proper when we caught up to Lobo. Pitch Tolman was driving his buckboard. Looked over his shoulder, saw me, and shouted to his son. Get going, boy! I saw the black horse start to pull away, and in another moment had myself overtaken the buckboard. I became aware of dozens, then hundreds of people lining the streets. I began to gain on Colman, slightly at first, then faster, and faster. 
the depot came into sight. For the first time, I dumped the spurs into little buckskin. Behind me, I could hear the thunder of the two buckboards, the shouts of encouragement. Then ahead, a great blaze of lights, and we pulled ahead, a length, and two, and three, five. I heard that almost $100,000 changed hands after that race. Wohar Simmons collected his winnings from Fitch Tolman and is now the sole owner of Simmons Livery and Stables in Deadwood, Dakota Territory. I was content to accept my share in cash, which amounted to a very handsome $2,000, a sum which brought me both luck and some misfortune, of which I shall write more in my next report to the London Times. Frontier Gentlemen was written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis and stars John Daner as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Ralph Moody, Jack Moyles, William Allen, Will Wright, and Vic Perrin. Join us again next week for another report from the Frontier Gentlemen. Bud Sewell speaking. the relic radio show for this week there's more from the saint frontier gentlemen past episodes of this podcast all the other relic radio podcasts and our shoutcast stream relicradio.com lots to listen to there all for free thanks to your support if you'd like to help out visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website your support makes it all happen thanks for joining me this week be back again next tuesday with another hour of the relic radio show